the Links and Locks podcast. podcast. Better than most. Better than most. Better than most. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. You got real talent. Don't concentrate on golf. Welcome to another edition of the Links and Locks Best Bets podcast presented by Bet365. I'm Jason Sobel from the Action Network. He is Ben Everell from Golf Bet, and we are here to make 18 bets playing 18 holes for this week's Shriners Children's Open. Benny, as always, before we move too far, I've got to tell the people this. Links and Locks is presented by Bet365. Bet365 doesn't do ordinary it believes that every sport should be epic. Every tournament, every game, every point, every play, from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself. When you sign up today with code ACTION, A-C-T-I-O-N, you'll get $365 in bonus bets when you bet just $1. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 or older only must be present in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, New Jersey, Ohio, or Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER in Colorado, Kentucky, New Jersey, Ohio, and Virginia, or 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Terms and conditions, as always, apply. Benny, before we move forward to Sin City, Las Vegas this week, let's look back at last week, the Sanderson Farms Championship. You and I were talking a little bit before we press the record button down and uh, I don't think we had a whole lot of winners for the people last week, which uh, look, it happens. Uh, sorry. Yeah. G'day everyone out there. Um, look, I know I was bragging last week about how well I did at Fortinet and that bit me on the bum when it came to <laughs> what we did there last week at Sanderson Farms. Great, you know, picked up one or two, Eric Van Royen and uh, uh, maybe one or two other small, small wins there. But um, yeah, look, I think even we, we might have even mentioned Luke List and said maybe not yet. We didn't necessarily think he was uh, a horse for this course. And good luck to him because that was a sensational putt to, to win the playoff. Uh, you know, with five guys, I was thinking they were going to be struggling to, to finish with the sunlight given they had five guys in the playoff and he just stepped up and took it. And got to feel a little bit for Ben Griffin, but he's got to figure that out, doesn't he? That was a, his tournament to, to cruise away to uh, and was unable to get it done and struggled down the stretch. Um, so we'll see if he can rebound in the coming weeks. Yeah, look, uh, if we're going to get burned, let's go ahead and get burned by a guy who was negative strokes gain putting in 19 <laughs> of his previous 24 events, then goes out and makes a 43-footer in a five-man playoff to win uh, at CC of Jackson in Mississippi last week. Good for Luke List. Look, really good guy, really good player, T to green, the one uh, part of his game that hasn't been cooperating over the last couple of years since his win at Torrey Pines was the putter. And so if he's putting well, he's going to be a guy that we watch out for over the next year or so. So uh, moving forward to this week, before we get towards the bigger names who are here, Tom Kim, defending champion Ludwig Ober, playing yet again. Look, he's 23 years old. Was he getting Ryder Cup, Mississippi, Vegas? Yeah, let's go do everything. Why not? Uh, before we get into them, there's a, a player in the field this week that has caused a lot of consternation amongst the masses already. Lexi Thompson in the field this week. Look, Benny, I have said for a long time, first of all, if I'm a tournament director, if I'm a sponsor paying millions to have a PGA Tour event uh, through my company, 
I am calling not only Lexi Thompson, I'm calling Michael Jordan, Steph Curry, Tony Romo, anyone. Taylor Swift, you want to go play my PGA Tour event? Whoever would like to play that's a big name. You're not taking a spot from anybody else in the field. I hope people understand that. And, and look, I, I also think that for Lexi this week, I, I know a lot of people are like, she's going to miss the cut. I don't know that making or missing the cut is the right delineation of success or failure for this endeavor. I think that if Lexi goes out and plays well, first of all, but has a lot of young girls in the gallery with her, has a lot of young girls watching on TV, influences and impacts the next generation who's a, I want to be like Lexi, then it's a good thing. Then quite honestly, I don't care if she shoots a pair of 67s and makes the cut or a pair of 74s and misses it. Uh, I would rather see more of the impact than the scores this week. But I know everyone's just going to be talking about the scores. Yeah, look, I think you, you sort of touched on something that's very important here. And I think it's lost even with people that are in our industry or in the golf media even on some uh, in some occasions is sponsor invites are not to just give another member or another guy who can win the tournament a go. They are actually to increase awareness or to, to give more status or to just bring some you know, something to the tournament that might be a little different. And, and I'm with you. I, I think that um, if you can get a cross-code star or if you can get someone that's going to create headlines, then that's doing its job. So, it, And it yeah. is not taking a spot from someone else. I mean, yes, a lot of the time a sponsor invite goes to a PGA Tour player who has asked for one, has has written a letter or has begged or whatever else, but that is not that does not have to happen. That's, you know, that's not, and, and someone like that, you could argue, if you want to argue on their side of the fence, you could say that the guy who got in on a nicely written letter is taking the spot from the first alternate. Like, no, that's not what that right. spot is for. It's for, an, it's for something to, to bring the tournament more. So yeah, especially in the fall, if you can create a splash with that person or those people, you should absolutely go ahead and do that. And, and I think, again, uh, not to sort of just cross over what you've already said, but the, we know that it's very, very unlikely she makes the cut, okay? And it's nothing against Lexi. It, it's, it's got nothing to do with that. It is, again, what sort of impact he will have on the local uh, media, the local uh, the children, the local women, the local girls that play the game, all that sort of stuff is where it's important. And, and I think that if you do have an issue with it being Lexi Thompson, it, should, it, it really has, shouldn't have anything to do with the fact that she's an LPGA, LPGA player, that she's taking a spot, anything like that, it should be that maybe she's not the most informed of the women's uh, players in the game right now. Maybe she's not going to create the buzz that someone else may have. Maybe. And and I guess the one thing I was worried about is look, we just had her in the Solheim Cup being upset with being asked questions from journalists. In this role as a right. sponsor, that's your job. That's your job is to do rah-rah, um, you know, like, pump up, get in front of the media, get in front of the cameras, inspire those young girls, inspire young guys, inspire anyone to get into the game knowing that plenty of things are possible. So I will be, I guess, marking her on how much I see her pushing the game of golf to the masses. Uh, look, I, I think that's a viable criticism. The fact that at the Solheim Cup, she had a really bad chip shot in a very crucial situation, was asked about it and basically said, I don't want to talk about that. that that's that, that's not applicable in this situation. You have to talk about everything. And the fact that it's been better recently, fifth place this past weekend before that, uh, she was eighth, she was 19th, her last three starts. But Lexi has missed the cut in eight of 13 starts on the LPGA this year. You have to wonder whether Lilia Vu, who's won two major championships right. this year, or yep. 
Nelly Korda or Jin Young Ko or even Rose Zhang, who's an up and coming right. phenom right. on that tour, would have been better served to be the sort of figurehead of women's golf playing in this one as opposed to Lexi. But uh, look, I, I'm intrigued. I'm I'm excited to watch her play, and hopefully, there are like I said, a lot of young kids out there excited to watch her play as well. All right, let's get to our picks for this week's. Shriners Children's Open out in Las Vegas, TPC Summerlin. We're playing 18 holes. We're making 18 bets as we do every single week. Ben Everell, you're on the tee in Vegas, as you, I, I believe, have, have been before. Don't pull it left like you normally do. How's that? Yes, right. I know, I know the listeners out there can't see, but I'm wearing my special Dice Vegas uh, golf shirt today. I'm excited to uh, – it's the first time in a long time I've actually not been at this event. Um, normally I'm out there smashing the blackjack tables and looking for those players who are out there when they shouldn't be so that we know where not to put the cash. But this time, I'm going to start with my first outright choice. It's, you know, not one of the favourites, not really a long shot. It's sort of in the mid-tier at 35 to 1. Uh, but this player has been inside the top 11 the last two years there, T2, T11, minus 16 both times uh, in those two tournaments. Fourth on tour for rounds in the 60s this year, knows how to go low. And also, important stat for me you'll hear throughout the podcast is how well these players play from 125 to 150 yards. The wedge play from mm-hmm. that distance is clearly a TPC Summerlin uh, scenario that has has worked for all winners over the over the past five, six, seven, eight years. Um, so fourth in greens in regulation from 125 to 150, and that is Andrew Putnam. Andrew Putnam, 35 to one, is my first selection this week for Vegas. Interesting, because I like a few players right around that number. And I was trying to figure out which one of those players it was. And it was none of them. It was Andrew Putnam, which I look, I'm a fan of Andrew Putnam's game. Uh, Rolls it really well. If this thing turns into a little bit of a putting contest, uh, which uh, over the last handful of years, other than I think the year Patrick Cantley won when the wind was blowing, usually it's well into the double digits under par for the victory. Um, So if it turns into a putting contest, I I do like Putnam. All right, I'm going to start with hole two. As usual, taking a long shot outright play. And I looked at and found that Webb Simpson is 52nd on the outright board this week at 110 to 1. Look, I I understand that Webb Simpson often hasn't been at his best game over the last couple of years. But when Webb Simpson has his best stuff, he's well inside the top 52 as far as talent is concerned in this field. I also have long held a theory for this event, Benny, is that uh, when we're going out to Vegas, just give me the guys who are going to be in bed at 9 p.m. with a warm glass of milk and won't be tempted by all the other things uh, on the strip around Sin City. And I I can at least bet on one thing this week, and that's Webb Simpson will not be hanging out all night at the blackjack table as you usually are, Ben. So I I can at least take some solace in the fact that uh, no one's going to have to tap him on the shoulder and tell him his tea time's up in half an hour and he needs to leave the tables, as have happened with players in the past. So, Webb Simpson, 110 to 1, again, for an outright long shot. Uh, I think it makes sense, uh, and I think it makes sense to play a long shot somewhere in the triple digits this week. So, I'm going to take a shot on him. I'm not saying he's going to win the golf tournament, but uh, I would be remiss if I didn't at least mention him in that outright space at all. All right. Oh, oh. This is interesting because you're saying find someone in the triple digits as a long shot. I, I, I didn't find one um, that I really love this week. So my long shot for hole three uh, started at 60 to one, was 55 to one quickly and is now 50 to one already. So I don't know if you can call that a full long shot, but it is my 
Long shot, inverted commas, this week. Uh, T20 uh, in last year at the Shriners and is 21st uh, in terms of birdies or better from that 125 to 150 yards. Uh, his, one of his mates was the one guy that got up for me last week. Uh, I'm going to go with a different South African, not Eric Van Royen, although I do think, I haven't got him on my list, but stick with him. Stick with him this mm-hmm. week. I'm going to go with his I'll, other I'll mate. get there. I'll get there. Uh, there you go. Chris, but Christian Bezudenhout is, is one I want you to watch from the long shot inverted commas. I said he was 60. He's already into 50. Uh, I think that this could be a place that suits him if he gets it rolling. Yeah, coming off a nice week in Mississippi last week. I'm not so sure that we can look at all form from last week. I mean, I'm not sure there are two different uh, – two courses that are as different and back-to-back yeah. weeks on the PGA Tour schedule is CC of Jackson and TBC Summerlin. But, uh, look, a, a guy that's striking it well, um, it doesn't matter if you're going cross-country, you should be able to uh, hit it well this week as well. So I think that makes some sense. All right, fourth hole, I mentioned when, when you said Putnam at 35-1, to 1, I mentioned that oh, there's a couple of guys around that number that I really like, and I was wow. trying to figure out which one you were going with. I thought it might have been my top five play that I'll get to here, a guy that's Finished in the top 10 in four of seven career starts in Vegas. I don't know why Adam Hadwin, who's a Canadian who played his college golf in Louisville, Kentucky, plays so well in the desert. I'm not sure that he has a great explanation for it, but it's true. He plays really good desert golf. And so I think you're trying to look for guys that have a nice history in the desert. Adam Hadwin does, so I'll take him top five at plus 900, which I think is a really good number this week. Well, I'm maneuvering around because that 3,500 is a sweet spot, but my top 10 bet uh, this week, which was a bit of a safety play, is none other than Adam Hadwin, uh, plus 330-ish around that mark. As you said, he's he's definitely shown he can play well at this course in the past. I think it's four top 10s in the Shriners, including the last two times he's played has been inside the top 10, which is why I've slated him for another top 10. And again, going inside baseball, inside golf, uh, when it comes to relation to par from 125 to 150 this season, Adam Hadwin is fifth on tour uh, and sixth on tour for converting birdies from that from that range as well. So this course sets right up for him. That's why he has a good record here. He's a horse for this course. Uh, I just I, I don't know why I haven't seen him being able to step on the gas as a potential winner, but I'm not saying don't go top five uh, or even outright. I'm just saying I went a little conservative with top 10 at plus 330. Not afraid if you want to go uh, you know, stronger than that. Yeah, uh, I think it makes a lot of sense to target Adam Hadwin. Maybe the the only reason we don't do it is because he's coming off a an eight week absence, hasn't played since the BMW Championship, the second playoff event back in August. But uh, I've got every reason to believe that he's been working on his game. He's not a guy that kind of flies into an event blind and isn't practicing it and prepping for it. And in fact, he has been. He's been his misses on uh, X, formerly known as Twitter has been pointing out uh, that he has basically been got straight back to work almost within days or hours of being kicked out of the playoffs yeah. and uh, has been itching to get back to it. So we'll see how he goes. Yeah. Doesn't surprise me whatsoever. All right. Sixth all, Benny, I'm going to do it. I know I'm going to get a lot of criticism for this, but I'm going to go with Thompson, a top 10 for Thompson <laughs> this week. I know a lot of people are going to say I'm crazy. I, I just, I, I think it's going to happen. Oh, oh yeah, Davis yeah. Thompson. No relation, <laughs> not Lexi Thompson. She has uh, two brothers who have played professional golf. This is neither one of them. Uh, Davis Thompson has been 31st or better in five of his last six starts. He was 16th last week. I'm taking him for a top 10 here, plus 475. Another guy that 
Uh, granted, it's a smaller sample size, but a guy who grew up in the Southeast playing Bermuda Greens, and yet he's shown that he plays pretty well out in the desert, had a top 15 finish here last year, was runner-up at Palm Springs at the American Express back in January, and so Davis Thompson has a nice little uh, intersection of form and uh, desert golf um, history. And so uh, I will go with, yes, Davis Thompson, not not the other Thompson in the field this week. Sorry. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, okay. You know what? I just was talking about, I'm going to go to the seventh hole. I was talking about how I couldn't really find a long shot, long shot. I did find one name in the 80 to one bracket, but I just couldn't bring myself to the full win. So I've slotted at a plus 100 in the top 40 for local boy Taylor Montgomery. I think Taylor Montgomery is, he was uh, T15 last year on debut. He's played the course a zillion million times. He's well adverse with what's going on around in Vegas. Um, And he's the best, uh, one of the best putters on tour. Uh, And when it comes to that, 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 that distance, I said again, the 125 to 150, he makes birdies only, only three guys on tour make more birdies than him from that distance on approach. So he's fourth on tour, making birdies or better from 125 to 150. Look, I understand Like he has, it's not like he's been in the greatest form over the whole year, but that, I'm throwing that out because this is just a place for him. He knows it. Um, and again, conservatively saying top 40 plus 100, but he was in the top 15 last time. I'm not surprised if he does it again. Look, Benny, I mentioned earlier to target guys who aren't going to be um, too tempted by the bright lights and big city <laughs> of Las Vegas this week. Uh, there's something to be said about taking the the home guys too. And we've seen over the years, Kevin Na won here twice and some other players who live in Vegas and are like, Hey man, I don't have to go to the strip. I can go to the strip the other 51 weeks out of the year. I'm just home playing golf this week. And so I do think there's something to that. Taylor Montgomery has not played great golf since that incredible stretch to start his rookie campaign. But uh, if he's going to get it going again, It'll be this week in his hometown of Las Vegas. A couple other guys. I believe Justin Suh, who's a SoCal guy, is now living in Vegas. Harry mm-hmm. Hall went to UNLV. Uh, a couple names I'm going to mention later, so I don't want to give them up here. Scott Piercy has some Vegas ties. Uh, David Libsky. So uh, there's some other guys. I mean, you know, look around and and see. But I think there's, uh, there's uh, some warrant to taking a guy who either lives in Vegas or has Vegas ties and, uh, like I said, isn't going to go, all right, man, get off the plane, bring the golf bag right over to the blackjack table, and let's go uh, before we even check in, spend a few hours there. So, all right, getting to the eighth hole, I'm going to go with a name that you mentioned in passing earlier. You said uh, Christian Bezadenhut is a guy that you like from South Africa. I will go with the other guy you mentioned from there who you said you're not taking this week. I will. Eric Van Royen has been uh, 20th in the top 20 in three of his last four worldwide starts. I'll take him for a top 20 here at plus 375. Again, I think this is a great time of year to target those guys who have played world-class golf in their careers, Benny. And so Eric Van Royen's a guy that when he's playing really well, he's a top 50 type player in the world, and he's playing really well right now. I don't think the ranking is kind of matching yet uh his form but it certainly if he keeps going will at some point in 2024 and so uh i'm gonna keep sticking with him to uh continue playing well and this feels like a place where he should have some good vibes yeah i I love that i just in the end i just ran out of slots um but he as i said he was the one guy one guy that was good for me uh last week 
Uh, so why would I why would I want to advocate jumping off him now? I'm not going to. I think he is building to um, you know a, a little mini resurgence in his career uh, over the next 12 to 18 months. So let's hope that continues for him. Uh, all right, let's see. You had a plus 900 top five option, so I'll round out the, the front nine here on the ninth hole with a plus 900 top five option of my own. Uh, this player was 20th last year there. Shot and incredible, and I was there to watch most of it, 62 in the third round, only to then fade with a, I think it might have been a 71 or something, something not so great in the final round to end in 20th. It has 44 rounds in the 60s this season, which is up and around the top 10 of that stat. 24th on tour in strokes gain T to green, which will be important. And again, 7th in the 125 to 150 range, greens of regulation. I, I think this player has the talent to win an event. I just haven't necessarily seen him push forward when he gets in the position. So top five is sort of the ceiling for me at the moment. That is Aaron Rye. Aaron Rye, plus 900. Uh, I just happen to have been, as I said, been at this event the last four or five years in a row. Happened to run into him playing there a few times, a few rounds, and seen some incredible golf from him. But that stuck in the back of my mind. Uh, I think he can do it again and potentially push for that, uh, you know, that victory he so wants. Yeah, it's funny. A lot of those guys in that same range that between the two of us, we like pretty much everyone there. I'm going to name a couple more guys in that range in just a few minutes. But as we make the turn, one more reminder that the Links and Locks podcast is presented by Bet365. Bet365 doesn't do ordinary. It believes that every sport should be epic. Every tournament, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today with code ACTION, and you'll get $365 in bonus bets when you bet just $1. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 or older only must be present in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, New Jersey, Ohio, or Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER in Colorado, Kentucky, New Jersey, Ohio, and Virginia, or 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Terms and conditions apply. We get to... The back nine, the 10th tee, and I always like to start this out with my first-round leader play, Benny. Look, I have not been close on first-round leaders. I will admit it. Look, I I, I have not hit a ton of first-round leader plays this year. And, you know, it feels like anytime I go for one of the guys near the top of the board, it's some guy who's 500 to 1 who shoots a 62 in the opening round. Anytime I try to take a guy with a big number, it's, oh, of course, Rory McIlroy shot the 62. It's I have not been close on either end. That said, I am looking for a guy that's got some single round um, investment possibility. I'm looking for a guy that, uh, you know, can go low in a hurry. I felt like last weekend in Mississippi sort of epitomized Garrick Higo's game. He shot 75 on Saturday, 65 on Sunday. I'm not going to put in a four-round investment on him because I don't quite trust it right now, but we know he can go low in a hurry. He's got it played college golf at UNLV, so he's got that connection. I would throw Cameron Champ in there as well if you want to get a second first-round leader play because I think I feel very much the same way about him and that he can post the score, he can go really low, but I don't know that I trust him for 72 holes. That's it. It's Higo for me as a 1A and – Champ is a 1B, um, but I think you can get some pretty good value there. Yeah, I mean, well, I had Higo as my man last week, didn't connect on the first round leader. Um, but for the same reasons, I think that he that's definitely a potential at some point. He's got a low one in him, and he could be a guy that opens up with, you know, 62, 61, or something that you need to actually do. 
when it comes to this. Yeah. So with that in mind, um, I'm not going to, obviously I'm not going to um, poo-poo that one given I liked it last week. Um, okay, I'm going to go to my first round leader then for the 11th hole. Now, and this is an, a guy that I also had amongst my selections last week, but in the end ultimately let me down a little bit. However, I'm going to go back to the well, but only this time in that one round market because he ranks 14th on tour in round one scoring. He has more rounds in the 60s this season than any other player. Uh, eighth in, in birdie or better in, in terms of putting once he's on, when he has putt, putts for birdie, he's eighth in converting those. Now, he did mm-hmm. miss the cut. He did miss the cut here last year, but still shot a 67 to, to open, which is reasonable. And that is Eric Cole. Eric Cole, for me, is a potential first-round leader here because he's a guy who can go low. And I think you'll be a little bit annoyed that he didn't play as well as he could have last week. He's the type of guy that would uh, take that personally and a little bit to heart. And I think, um, he, you know, again, if it wasn't for that miscut in his one event here before, he'd be probably one of the guys I was talking up again as a winner option. Uh, so I'm going to stick with him at first round leader and see how that goes. Uh, there are very few times that I'm going to dislike an Eric Cole bet. So I'm totally fine with that. And he's a guy that I've uh, targeted in the first round leader marketplace a few times this year. It seems like he, uh, again, he, he plays like his pants are on fire. He plays like a 35 year old rookie, which is exactly what he is, which means yeah. that on the first tee, when a lot of guys are like, Hey, let's throw a couple of jabs. This is what I always just say about Tiger's game at major championships. On Thursday, it's we don't need to throw a haymaker. We don't need to get the guy on the ropes. We just need to throw a couple of jabs and see what the opponent has. Eric Cole's the one that wants to come out throwing haymakers right away because he plays yeah. like a guy that's like, I, I maybe have five years left on the PGA Tour. Let me make the most of it. And so uh, I do like that play, an aggressive player, which always helps in that marketplace. All right, 12th hole. Uh, I'll go with my top 40 play here. It's a fairly short number, plus 120. But I talked about guys who are good desert golfers. Uh, one of the names that's come up for me over the years, the last 10, 12, maybe even 15 years, is Martin Laird, a guy that just uh, essentially, I, I don't have the splits in front of me anywhere, but I, I feel like when it's desert golf as opposed to non-desert golf, Martin Laird gets a huge bump just playing in these types of conditions on these types of golf courses. So I will go with a very conservative top 40 play at plus 120 on Martin Laird, a guy that kind of tends to get lost in the mix a little bit. We don't talk about Martin Laird, who's you know an established veteran. He's a good player. He's probably never going to be a superstar. In fact, I'll say it right now. Sorry, Martin. I know you're listening. He's never going to be a superstar, but he's certainly not a poor player whatsoever. He's certainly worthy of playing it at some point during the season. And so I will take him here for a top 40 makes for a nice DFS play this week as well. Former champ, not that long ago. Again, I watched him um, win the event there, uh, which I was not expecting to be honest. I'm trying to remember who he took down in the playoff, but uh, it might've been two guys. Um, And yeah, from memory, I was thinking he was the least likely to get it done in that playoff. And he, he was um, very well managed to get that done. So I'm going to have to sort of throw my, I've got Sorry, it right here. That was, yeah, that was 2020, just three years ago, over Austin Cook and Matthew Wolf. Nah, that's who it was. The young, the young buck at the time who was in form, Matthew Wolf looked like the, the winner all week there and, and was taken down by a, a veteran, a savvy veteran uh, in Martin Laird. So, yeah, I can see that. And if you just go in the top 40, then why not? He's clearly got good memories there not that long ago. I think that's, that's a, a wise choice at a plus number. Um, Oh, in speaking conservative terms, all right, the 13th hole. Now, 
I have slotted this player before I start in the top 20 bracket here. It's only plus 150. Honestly, I can be easily talked into top 10, top 5, and even absolute uh, winner equity here for this player. Uh, inside the top 12 of the last two times there, third on tour for rounds in the 60s, and that is Adam Schenk. Adam Schenk, to me, speaks to me as one of the guys that might be a player that could play well here uh, and absolutely contend here. So while I have it as the conservative option of the week at plus 150, top 20, do not be afraid to go all in on Adam Schenk. I love how, first of all, I will tell you all about Adam Shank later on the podcast. Oh. I will get to him. Oh, 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 you know what that means, people. Secondly, I love how uh, there's there's maybe some hedge clipping and some leaf blowing right outside your window right now. Yeah. It, it yeah. sounds like there's a monster about to attack. I, I swear it's like, <laughs> it just sounds like, uh, you know, as Ben's giving a play of Adam Shank that you're about to be attacked right now. So uh, trust me, people, he'll, he'll be okay. He's all right. Um, yeah, yes, I do cool. like the Shank the guy that's going hardcore. But yeah, look, the <laughs> Shank man, the Shank man is um, someone who. Oh, I guess you you said you're going to get to him, so I'll I'll save some for you to explain in a little bit, Tom. Yeah, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. Oh, by the way, Martin Laird, two time winner of this event. So oh, that's right. I, I 2009 and 2020. So I wasn't wrong when I said, yeah, it just feels like he plays desert golf really well. Uh, maybe because he wins this tournament every once in a while. So uh, I'm good. not wrong about that. Okay. We get to the 14th hole. A name that you and I talk about a lot, especially this time of year. Seems like it kind of heats up later in the year. But a guy that in the player finishing position market at Bet365, they have lift, listed at 55th or better this week. Feels like. Uh, that's pretty much a, a slam dunk type of play for Callum Tarrin, a guy that hits it a long way, has a ton of talent. I get it. It's been a lot of hit or miss for Tarrin over the last couple of seasons on the PGA Tour. A lot of really good finishes or a handful of really good finishes, a lot of really poor results as well. But uh, this feels like it's his comfort zone when he's not having to go against the best of the best, when it's slightly inferior fields. I will take Tarrin at 55th or better this week at minus 120. Yeah, uh, again, it's another player that I had last week that played decent but just not didn't fit into where I had slated them. And yeah. I've probably fallen for the trap of not staying with a guy who I did the research on that's playing well or playing well enough that I thought to, to go with. Um, I, I might end up eating words by not sticking with him. So I'm, I'm happy at least one of us is there uh, with Callum because... I liked him last week, and he wasn't terrible, so there's no reason to suggest he can't uh, step it up a little bit uh, coming into Vegas. I'll, I'll stick with the player finishing market there at the 15th hole as well. My guy's got to be 38th or better here. This is another player. I just went with Schenk, as I said, saying conservative. Again, this is a player who I'm happy for you to play across the board right the way through, um, but for 38th or better, inside the top 20 last year, had a 63 in the third round last year to be in the mix only to shoot even par in the final round. Also fall back eighth on tour birdie or better in the, in the key wedge range. I talked about 125 to 150 uh, JT Poston, the postman uh, 38th or better looks a solid investment for me. Uh, I think top 20, top 10 is also up for grabs there. Uh, yeah. I think that makes a whole lot of sense. JT has been fantastic throughout this year. He's been uh, very underrated and playing some really good golf. So, you know, he'd love to, get to this one and, and like a few other players and one guy that I, I mentioned that I'm going to talk about later, Adam Shank, uh, the fact that 
he's sort of good for next year. You know, he's like, hey, I, I kind of checked all those boxes I need to check. Going to Las Vegas without the baggage and the weight on your shoulders, I think, is going to be a really nice feeling for a few of these guys. All right. Uh, we get to the 16th hole, Benny. And I'm just going to say it. I, I don't care if the Bet365 traders, the odds makers are listening right now or not. But I'm, I'm going to tell you guys. I'm going to look right into the camera. I'm going to tell you guys the wrong player is favored this week. It, it might be a little closer to, to even right now at the top. But defending champion Tom Kim opened as the favorite over Ludwig Ober, who I'd almost said Ludwig Ober outside of the guys who are top five, maybe top 10 in the world right now, there might not be anyone else that I'd put over him in a, in, in a given field at any point. The guy is that good for all the Ryder cup aftermath and the hat gate and the framework agreements and all these things that we talk about in the world of golf, non betting wise. I feel like we are not talking about Benny. The fact that an absolute superstar is emerging before our very eyes right now. He has finished 14th or better in each of his last five worldwide starts, which includes a win on the DP World Tour, a playoff loss in Mississippi last week. I know people are like, wait, why is he playing again this week? Why? Because he's good. He's going to go win a few of these things. That's why. Why wouldn't you? If you're 23 years old, you get a trip to Vegas to go play golf. Sounds like a, a good trip for him. Uh, I will take him at the guy who's favored over him outright. I can get Ober at plus 100 in a matchup over Tom Kim. Yeah, I'll take, quite frankly, I'm taking Ober in a plus money matchup or an even money matchup against just about everybody in the world right now. Okay. We finally have done it. We finally disagree a lot when it comes to this scenario. Okay. This is interesting. interesting. (laughs) Um, Which I I didn't know if anyone was going to get to Ober. I'm glad that you have because I was going to bring it up at the end of the pod if you didn't. Um, here's my concern with Ludwig for this week. And again, mm-hmm. I, very inside baseball, but I talked about those wedges and the wedge play distance. It is the one somewhat dodgy part of his game recently. The one somewhat small potential issue for Aber. So I'm just saying potentially... This course is not exact fit for him. That is my one concern. I am going to help you all out who love him by not being on him this week, which means I'm usually the jinx, so that'll be the reverse jinx for you guys. But from the 125 to 150, he would rank about 75th on tour. Not terrible, but just not right up there in the top echelon. Uh, and then that that gets actually a little worse if he's from the rough. Um which can be, you know, a problem. And from he doesn't hit the ball in the rough. He hits it three thirty down the middle of the fairway every time. Look, fifty to one. <laughs> I'll go all the way at fifty to one hundred and twenty-five yards. One hundred twenty-first on tour, he would be. So what I'm sort of getting at is, it just doesn't. I just don't know whether okay. this course right. that he right. played will will fit him. Now I'm happy to be wrong because I agree with you when you say this is the new up and coming stuff. That there's no doubt about that. Like, and he is in such a such a good headspace yeah. right now. And, you know, clearly, obviously brought himself back despite having a bit of, uh, I don't know if you call it jet lag or or fatigue or whatever you want to call it. Um, And he was able to manufacture himself into a playoff without his best stuff last week. That shows you how good he is and how good he's going to be. I just, it just popped on me a few of the numbers. I was like, oh, okay. Because I was ready to pick him. I went in looking for a reason to pick him again. And I found a small reason maybe not to. Um, 
And since we're going to go to the 17th hole, and since you've put him up against this gentleman, my absolute outright is the outright favourite. Tom Kim is going to back up and win this thing again, which is why I can't agree with your... Chalky Ben is back! He's back. (laughs) But here's why. Again, I went looking for an O-Bear. And look, he's the defending champ, Tom Kim, obviously. He is first on tour from everybody from 125 to 150. He's fourth in terms of rounds in the 60s. He knows how to go low. He was 24 under when he won. He's 27th on tour, T to Green, one of the best players in this field, T to Green. Obviously, um, Aubert is a T to Green, would actually be better. Aubert is, that's where he gets him. He's 14th, I think, if he was ranked. Um, but also, Tom Kim's high up in the birdie or better from uh, on the greens when it comes to chances on the green. So he's converting his birdie putts more than most. Uh, in other words, I found, what I found is what is the reason probably why the book has made him the favorite is he is an actual horse for this course. It is literally fits statistically for Tom Kim. Um, and so that being said, that's why I like Tom Kim over Obear this week. Look, um, I'll happily come on here and eat, eat the hat, you know, or whatever in a week's time if, if Obear continues the form, which, you know, I, I think if he plays again any other time in the fall, I'll be with you. I don't think there's anyone that can, can take my focus off him. But this one week, Tom Kim pops for me. Uh, and having been there last year, seeing him take down Cantlay, who was, uh, you know, obviously a clear favourite in that event, I think Tom Kim will have some good vibes out there. Take that. All right. uh, <laughs> I'm so glad we get Chalky Ben back in our lives during the fall because we had uh, you were making way too many long shot play. plays before that. So, who does love a number at ten to one, eleven to one? But no. I just, I just fear that it is a horse for this course, and we've seen some guys defend in recent times or whatnot. I think he can be one of them. All right, as we get to the 18th hole. I got to feel some Vegas. I'm going shades on. If you're only listening right now and you're not watching, I'm wearing my CT Pan Special U-Swing Aviator shades. I could rock these in Vegas, you know, sitting at the poker table. Can't really see my eyes too well. I I think this would work. Yeah. So going with my favorite outright play on the board. I mentioned it earlier. Adam Shank. This guy does not get enough respect for what he has done this year alone made it to the tour championship so like we mentioned earlier has no weight on his shoulders look this is this is a vacation this doesn't even have to be a business trip everyone else is trying to get into those big events next year adam shanks there already baby we're already there we're just going out here to bring a trophy home he has six count them six top seven finishes in his last 11 starts that includes a runner-up at the Valspar, a playoff loss at Colonial, which are two completely different golf courses. He can play different golf courses well, and he's played this specific golf course, TPC Summerlin, really well over the last few years. Five finishes of 27th or better in six career starts. And the last two years, he was third two years ago, 12th last year. Really good vibes from Adam Shank. That number opened at 40 to 1 in some books. It's down to 30 to 1. You can find them with boosted odds at Bet365 at 35 to 1 still as we record this Monday night. But jump on it as soon as you can because I feel this number getting shorter and shorter the closer we get to Thursday's opening tea time. But Vegas, baby, Vegas, we are riding our horses, and I am riding with Adam Shank this week. I want to thank everybody for listening to this episode of the Links and Locks Best Bets podcast presented by Bet365. Remember, you can find us every week during the entire 
PGA Tour season. Download, subscribe, rate, and listen everywhere you find your favorite podcast. For Ben Everell, I'm Jason Sobel. Good luck with all of your bets for this week's Shriners Children's Open. Here's open you. Hit the green. Blackjack. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.